In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. All right. Yeah, that's right. Time to talk a little Texans and go in the lab. And I'm doing that. I'm Drew Doherty. I'm doing that with John Harris like I always do. John, what's going on? What's up, man? How you doing, Drew? I'm great. You don't know this yet, but when this is tweeted out to the masses, mm-hmm. there's going to be – normally I put the graphic of the in the lab thing yeah. that we have. That's cool. And I might do that as well. But the, the initial tweet that's going out mm-hmm. is a picture of you in the background celebrating oh, okay. an explosive play, a touchdown no less, a Jordan Aikens touchdown from Sunday. That's one of our favorite things when the Texans get a big touchdown – Sometimes you're in the background. Sometimes on these still photos, and this is a good one. I love it. Your your hand is up in the air with a microphone. Yep. You get excited on the sidelines. Uh, in the past few weeks, we talked about this. I, I called you a psychopath, yeah. lovingly, lovingly. Yeah. No, I yeah, uh, spaz. Yeah. Spaz. Psychopath. Yeah, you are spaz. Yeah. But I I mean in a good way. Yeah, it's cool. And um, I just that was such a fun fun trip, fun fun win. And the grass is greener and everything smells better this week, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it seems that way. It felt like, I, I think, for that win, too, Drew, was the fact that you've had these games since Deshaun has been the starting quarterback in 2017 when you faced New England. And he has a tremendous game, but you can't hang on. He has a great game in Seattle. I mean, every Seattle Seahawks defender is waiting to shake his hand like, mm-hmm. who is this rookie? But you can't hang on to that win. You have the Philadelphia game in 2018 where you win that game, you get a bye, and you can't hang on. Then you have the Saints game where you have this miraculous two-play 75-yard drive to take the lead in their building, and oh my God, and you can't hang on to that one. Well, then you got another Hall of Fame quarterback, and I had gone through before the game. I had gone all the way back to 2008, and I looked at games against guys that you consider to be future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, at least Super Bowl quarterbacks. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Phillip Rivers. And I went all the way back to 2008, and there are seven wins against those in total. I can think off the top of my head. So 2013, the Monday Nighter over Brees. Excuse me, Rivers. Rivers. Excuse me. I always always mangle these two. Brees in 15. Brees in 15. um, Brady in 9. Brady in 9. He didn't play the whole game, but. Manning in uh, a few times. Paid Manning in 2010. Yeah, latest was 12 with the Broncos. Yeah, 12 with the Broncos. So there was two, actually two against Peyton Manning. Eli never. Never. Ben in 2011. Yep. You beat him up, too. You you knocked him. Russell, never. You've lost both times to him. Yep. and then since 2014, since Bill O'Brien had taken over, they had had one win against Drew Brees, and that was 2015 at home. So they had not won one of these games, even though those games that I mentioned, New England, Seattle, those are some of the just most incredible games that I can just remember watching. Like, yeah. if you're a fan at home watching these games, you're like, man, I'm getting my money's worth. And this is a fantastic game. And Foles won't be in the Hall of Fame, but – yeah. He won a he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So against Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and or Hall of Fame. Yeah. Quarterbacks. The, the one I guess you've had success against is Joe Flacco. Yeah. I guess you've beaten him in twenty twelve. Smoked him that day. Yeah. You beat him in twenty fourteen at the end of the year. Uh-huh. So you've had and you've lost to you lost him in seventeen and you lost, lost him in eleven, him in 11. twice in the playoffs. Yeah. Once. So he that's one. 
but the only quarterback you'd had multiple wins against, which makes sense because he's in the division, is Peyton. Yep. But you have, ironically, you had one win against him, and this is from 2008. Since 2014, there had only been that one win against Drew Brees, and that was it. And on the road, you had an opportunity against Brady. You had an opportunity against Russell Wilson. You had an opportunity against Foles. You had an opportunity against Brees. You had an opportunity in all those games. And so I know the picture you're talking about, and it's on the Jordan Aikens touchdown. And there were about nine and a half minutes left in that game. But the Texans at that point were controlling it. Yeah, and they had just taken a 10-point lead. Yep. They missed the extra point. It should have been 11. But they, they took a they took a two-score lead. And I'm not ever going to tell you I get cocky or confident about a game, but it's like once we took the two-score lead, I knew there was plenty of time. So I wasn't, you know, but it was like maybe they'll get this one and maybe that'll be maybe this will be the win that kind of everybody says, hey, wait a second. Take a look at these guys. These guys are getting it done out in the, I guess, the Chargers? I mean, look, the Chargers had some pieces missing. I'm not going to, you know. But they I'm still had their gonna, quarterback. They're still at home. They still have one they of the won receivers in the league. playoff game last year. Yeah, it's a good football team. It's a well-coached football team. They got still got Bosa and Ingram. And here's the thing, Drew. Two things. One, I'll start with what you said. Bosa and Ingram combined for half a sack. Yeah. That's it. Against a line that had two rookies and a guy that's been there for three weeks. Had three new offensive Tunsil. linemen. Yeah. Tunsil, Sharping, and Howard. Three and new offensive linemen. It made a huge difference. Yeah. The second part of that is, I thought about this, in fact, during a break, I said this to Mark and Andre. If you don't have that weird fumble lateral thing mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, and you make your field goal at the end of the half, look, I know it's a 56-yarder. Kaimi had plenty of leg. He just pushed it a little bit to the right. But if you make that, it's a 30-10 to 10 ball game at that point, mm-hmm. and you have made a significant statement. And, and to be honest, you really did the second half because after the three and out in the second half, your drive chart went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Great punt by Anger, and that was it. And their, their second half, they had five drives. Yeah. Punt, they came up with a field goal. Punt, field goal, loss on a fumble, mm-hmm. loss on downs. Yeah, you, you did pretty well in the second half. Yeah, the second three half. Three points. Those 30, point, those 30 minutes – and it all, you know what? It all plays into weapons. Yes. So sword and shield. We're going to get into that in a moment, but just want to remind you: post game entertainment starts with Redbox. Redbox has the newest movies fresh from the theater, starting at just a dollar seventy five a night, or three dollars a night. Try the hottest video games for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Go to the box at your favorite retailers or stream new movies instantly on demand. Streaming, baby. Get together with family, friends, the crew, or whoever. Make it a movie night. Make tonight a red box night. All right. Sword and shield. It's something you and I talked about all offseason. Sword, weapons for Deshaun Watson. Yep. Shield, protection for Deshaun Watson. Texans addressed both of those things. Tried to address both those mm-hmm. things in the offseason. Added components on both sides. Let's talk about the weapons and more specifically the diversity of weapons. I think when... Even before you saw the Texans add Duke Johnson and Kenny Stills, we were really excited about what this receiving core promised with Hopkins, with Fuller, with QT, mm-hmm. and some intriguing tight ends. Well, yep. you added in Duke Johnson, you added in, after the fact, Carlos Hyde, right. and Kenny Stills. Let's go over some explosive plays this year. There have been a lot of them so far. There's a common thread with all of them, except for one, the 53-yard Touchdown to Aiken so far has been the outlier because all the other explosive passes have gone to Fuller, Stills, and Hopkins. Not in that order, right? but 
Fuller, Stills, and Hopkins. Let's go over it from the first week. 54-yard pass, which is still the longest pass of the season for the Texans, went to Will Fuller. He had a 38-yarder to Hopkins, a 37-yarder, which was a touchdown to Stills, and a 21-yarder to Hopkins. Then against the Jags, that defense is really good, and they kind of held you, and and you had to slop it around with them. He had a 31-yard reception by Stills and a 28-yard reception by Fuller. Against the Chargers, though, man, you blew them up. Yeah. Five explosive passes, a 53-yarder to Akins, a 38-yarder to Stills, a 37-yarder to Stills. By the way, that 38-yarder to Stills, you attack on a 15-yard roughing the passer. Right. That was a huge play. A 34-yarder to Hopkins and a 30-yarder to Fuller. Fuller's had a Fuller and Stills have had an explosive reception of 30 yards or more, or school, or excuse me, just an explosive reception in each of the the first three games. You knew you had that in Will Fuller. I mean, Kenny Stills was not even in our our conversation yeah. in training camp. You knew had, Stills could do that, but he wasn't on this team. Yeah, he just wasn't on this team, so he was just he was an ancillary part of the NFL somewhere. But the opportunity that I mean Kenny every game is done I mean that catch the the touchdown catch against the Saints the catch right before the half that led to a field goal against the Jaguars he has given it to you what I love about the explosive play that he created or that they, that was created for I'll say created for him that he was the beneficiary of that flea flicker on third and one <laughs> I mean it's a heck of a play but what I loved about it was because of how it was schemed up and that Kenny's coming in motion and you had an outside receiver out, you had a, you had an outside receiver. When Kenny goes in motion, he gets a safety on him. Yeah. Well, that's that's a mismatch. Because like, Sean knew it, and they're like, ah, well, they're running it anyway. That's what the Texans do. They, right. they got a short yardage situation. They're going to run it. And they were third and one flea flicker. <laughs> I'm still shaking my head because it's a brilliant call. It's just a brilliant call. I never, when I see Carlos Hyde turn and toss it back to Deshaun, I'm in marks here the whole game, and I'm like, flea flicker. And I mean, I literally said it like that, like flea flicker. And then we got to a break. I was like, third and one, what the hell are we doing? But it was huge, and and Kenny made that play. I'll, I'll say the other thing. Obviously, we're talking about explosive plays, but on Kenny Stills, every Texan to a man has said the very same thing about Jordan Aiken's touchdown. Yeah, Deshaun did a great job, and boy, Jordan catch and run. Like, it's almost as if people knew that they could do that, like they weren't mm-hmm. surprised by that. Like they knew Aikens could run. And but. They knew Deshaun could get out of the pocket, and it was a great place. But Kenny Stills gets locked on the DB at the five-yard line, making a block. And that's the last guy between Jordan Aikens and the end zone. And Kenny locks him up and, in fact, knocks him backwards, essentially. Technically, it was a pancake, right? Yeah. And Aikens just is able to walk in the end zone at that point. And Kenny is not in the screen when it starts. He comes from all the way over the other side of the field to get Jordan in the end zone because everybody had gone that way with Deshaun. When Deshaun breaks the pocket, he goes to the left, and then he sees Aikens. And and I'll give Aikens total credit for this because Aikens' route was really just to kind of settle up in a zone. And then when 44, the linebacker, Kaiser White, he was spot dropping. And when he dropped that spot, he saw Deshaun, and he took off. Well, instead of going with Deshaun, Aikens is like, I'm going the other way. Yeah. It was we it was it was interesting because I'm not sure that was really like when his quarterback scrambles, you kinda of go with him. Like he's mm-hmm. rolling to the left, you go with him to the left. It's the reason he was so wide open because he goes that way and everybody 20 else. Twenty guy the other way. twenty guys were moving All in the other direction, direction and those two were moving in that direction. And it's really it's really interesting because Aikens catches two touchdowns, 
Bells catches one. Mm-hmm. In 2013, when the Texans beat the Chargers on the road. Yes. Last Owen, time, the, last time, or oh, I wouldn't the last time, it was the last time they won it still in California. Yeah. Owen Daniels catches two touchdowns. Garrett Graham catches one. Right. So, back to my point, the weapons, the diversity of these weapons starting to come to the fore in this Aikens massive gain. Mm-hmm. I really don't think this is the last time this season you're going to see the Texans get a big, big play from a tight end because Aikens keeps doing stuff like this. You saw Fells get involved, and that's who Darren Fells is, man. He can block. He jokes he's a left-left tackle. Mm-hmm. I know. He can catch touchdowns. I mean, he's that's his 11th touchdown catch of his of the last four years. I mean, he can catch yeah. touchdowns. He's productive in the red zone. That's really exciting. Plus, you still got Jordan Thomas. You still got Kahali Waring sitting on IR. They yep. might come back later in the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. And on top of this, John, Kiki QT has been kind of quiet. Right. But there's going to be a time or two or three or four eventually, I'm talking game-wise, where he erupts and just straight roasts another team because they're gonna teams are going to scheme up ways to take things away from you. Yeah. Well, Kiki's still going to be there, and I can't wait to see this. Because I was asked on Dear Drew earlier today, uh-huh. hey, since uh, Stills is playing so well, is, does that make Kiki expendable? Could we maybe get something? Heck no. What no, thinking? absolutely not. Don't, no. You, don't you remember December? I mean, you had a banged-up DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. You didn't have Will Fuller. You didn't have Demarius Thomas at the end. Kiki didn't play in December. I mean, it was ugly. So you want to have this wealth of weapons, and you want to keep them around. Here's the thing about this receiver crew, and we talked about this in theory, and we talked about it in theory, but we're now seeing it come to fruition, is because you have, and now that you throw you know throw Kenny in there, you have different ways to beat teams. You can attack. You know how, Drew, when you watch a game on Sunday and they show a quarterback's mm-hmm. output for that day, and they'll show a graphic, and it'll be either six or nine boxes, depending on how they break it up. And it essentially is short left, short middle, short right, intermediate yeah. left, middle right, and then deep left, deep middle, deep right. I always think of the passing game kind of like those nine zones. It's fun to hit all of them. And you can hit all of them. Yeah. That's the cool thing is you can hit every single one. And you can hit every single one with nearly every guy in your pass-catching group. Yep. Now, Fells is probably not your your deep guy. Nope. But Aikens can be. Mm-hmm. There, I think he certainly can be. I mean, that seam route was, was absolutely perfect on the first touchdown. And Aikens can be. But you can hit those nine spots – with nearly every guy in your pass-catching core. Like I said, maybe not Fells, but Fells gets the front six, and he's been a really good blocker. So you can create explosives. You can if teams are going to say, okay, well, you're not getting explosive plays on us. We saw a Chargers game. You're not getting explosive plays on us. And they start playing a yard too deeper. All right, we'll take the 15-yard in route. Hopkins did that on third and 14. We'll take that. We'll take the 10-yard route. Will Fuller had one of those in the third quarter. Just out route, steps out, catch, catch it, step out of bounds, 10 yards, move the sticks. You, you bring up Fells. I'll go back to it, man. Texans signed him, and the day they signed him, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I didn't really think too much of it. And then I I did the research on him and looked at what he'd done just statistically over the last few years because when he was signed, the, the story was they signed a blocking tight end. And right. when I looked at what he's done, I was like, there's no way this guy doesn't make the team. I mean, right. just for the blocking aspect alone, but right. he can catch passes and make things happen and 
it's just no surprise. He has been so valuable for this offense and for this team. He's got great leadership. I would imagine he is a resource of knowledge for the younger tight ends, for Jordan Akins, for Jordan Thomas, Kylie Waring. I mean, when we saw him in camp, and we we talked about it. It's funny because when we were watching in OTAs in minicamp, that's when it started for me. I'm like, they're going to keep four tight ends. Yeah. They're going to keep four tight ends. How do you not? Because Fels has done such a good job. And then it got to training camp, and I'm like, I'm convinced they're keeping four tight ends. They didn't keep four. They kept five. I know two of them went on IR. Like, I get that. Still. But they kept five. There's they plans. They kept all five of them. There's it's plans. pretty interesting what that group has done. All right, let's wrap up the weapons thing with this stat I, get, I just got from Omar Mazoub, Zuby Zuby Zoo of Media Relations for the Texans. Second in the NFL as a team are the Texans in 30-plus yards per catch. So receptions where they, they caught a pass for right. 30 yards or more. Stills is tied for first in the NFL among players with numbers of, with a number of thirty, 30 yard catches. So Jeez. he's he's lighting them up. All right, yeah. time to get to cream of the crop. Now, I've been uh, real real uh, easy on you the last few weeks because I've gone first and I've given you you know okay. there's like no chance that you don't you don't pick this guy. So I'm just gonna get it out of the way. Okay, I'm gonna take Deshaun Watson. Okay, Go he's ahead. up for the FedEx Air Player of the Week. That's Deserves cool. it in my mind. The three touchdown passes, no picks. 300-plus yards passing. I mean, he's he's an absolute magician. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've called him El Magico mm-hmm. uh, with some of my friends on a, uh, during the games on yeah. group texts. And we're still just seeing, I think, the tip of the iceberg with this guy. I mean, protection keeps getting better. I think we're going to see this line mm-hmm. sort of roll this way, health provider or health, yep. uh, health talk. Health, uh, what's, what do I want to say here? I know what you mean. Yeah. Health notwithstanding. Health not. Yeah, as long as we're healthy, enough. this is how what we're yeah. going to see. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. I'm going to make it easy. Who's your creep That's of the crop? pretty good. I talked to Deshaun after the game, and I was just like, you're a bad man. <laughs> and then I was like, I, I said, Deshaun, I don't even know what to tell you, man. I said, I can tell you you're great all day long. I said, but I'm just going to say thank you. You make <laughs> you make watching this, you make our jobs so much more fun. You Thank you. You, you. you give everything you've got for the city of Houston, for this organization, man. It's just, in, it's just incredible. You know, Drew, I was on the uh, – we were on a, the, the plane and going to the game, and the, the Wi-Fi was, was okay. So every now and again I get a little glimpse of a college game, and I'm telling you, there was a beatdown in Madison, Wisconsin. I mean a beatdown. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin Badgers just pounded yeah, Michigan, Michigan Wolverines. And, you know, the Texans have a player from the University of Wisconsin. They sure I'm do. Sure, I'm sure you know this. So my cream of the crop player is J.J. Watt. This one to me was easy. Uh, the dubs helped get a dub. And J.J. was he was phenomenal. He was now, J.J. Here's something I would say, and, and it's funny because I asked this question of Bill O'Brien because I knew, I knew how he would answer it, and I wanted him to expand on this. Because I mentioned to him about the whole sack thing and everybody freaking out about sacks and this and that. And he's like, look. He went into kind of a diatribe about sacks, and, you know, it's not about the sacks. It's about the pressure and what can the pressure do. Can the pressure create turnovers? Can the pressure create something for the quarterback kind of in his head? Or there, there's a lot of things that pressure can do. He goes, JJ's played two very good ball games. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand that. people. He's played two good ball games. The coach is very adamant about that. But against the Chargers, that was a, that was a different game. Filled up the stat line. Five quarterback hits. Yep. 
two sacks, two TFLs. And how many times did we see a Phillip Rivers pass skip at the feet of a receiver because or go a little errant there. because he was there because he was creating things for the other guys up front? I mean, yeah. This was, one was easy was for either one of us, uh-huh. depending on which one we were going to go. But, yeah, the – when you have those two guys, uh, look, there, there are bona, there are stars on this team, and then there are bona fides. Watt, Watt, Watson, oh, I'm sorry, Watson, Watt, Hopkins, those guys, ridiculous. It was, um, I mean, it, th- those guys have been fantastic. And when those guys are playing at that level, it forces, and you put Laramie in that group. I think Laramie is, if Laramie isn't the best left tackle in the league now, he will be by the end of the year. As long as, you know, health notwithstanding. I mean, as Love long to as hear he's that. fine. Yeah. He's been phenomenal. Uh, and the offensive line is phenomenal. But when you have your your bona fides, Watt, Watson, Hopkins, Laramie playing at a high level, you're going to win a lot of football games. And that was the case on Sunday. You sure are. So, to recap, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, cream of the crop. We're not breaking any news. It's kind of like Captain Obvious choices, but it's fun to relive it and chit-chat about it. Right, John? Absolutely. You kidding me? That's All fun. right. It's always fun talking with you on In the Lab, John, and we will do this again next week.